Good afternoon, listeners. Welcome to the Saturday afternoon pre-recorded broadcast of Shoot from the Hip. I'm Jeff Pedro, in with Mark Avery, and we're from Sim Trainer, the Dayton area's first indoor shooting range and firearms training center. You can visit us on the web at sim-trainer.com. You can give us a call at the range at 937-293-3914, or you can stop down and see us. We're located at 2031 Dryden Road in Moraine, right across from DPNL. I'm going to start off today's show by uh, kind of getting something off my chest that's really bothering me relative to uh, some comments made by uh, um, Governor DeWine this past week. Um, if you had to, if you've been paying attention, he's had several news conferences, but on um, Tuesday, he had a Tuesday or Wednesday, he had a conference that was particularly unnerving in that he announced that he is offering five $1 million awards and four full scholarships to uh, any state uh, uh, colleges in the state of Ohio uh, for those who provide proof of vaccination. He's going to do this via the form of a lottery draw. Um, he said that what he's going to do is uh, use the lottery commission to draw the draw from the base of names that are in the voter registration database in the state of Ohio. And then uh, apparently there's a way they can coordinate people who have been vaccinated with uh, the people that are registered voters and they're going to make drawings and they're going to give a million dollars to five people in five separate drawings and then four scholarships to kids between the ages of uh, 13 or 12 and 18. Um, and he, here's my problem. Um, I'm really, I just, and Mark knows and other people who are in my close circles know that it just sent me sideways. I was, I was beside myself because I think about number one, I think this is a terrible misuse of tax dollars. And secondly, um, that, and he said he's gonna take the money from the federally allocated uh, coronavirus relief money that's come, that apparently there's excess funds, which, which also really makes me mad because they've since enacted another relief bill where more money is gonna be flowing and we haven't even utilized the previous money. And now we find out we've got, quote, excess, unquote, money that's gonna be used in this drawing. And that money, in my opinion, could have been way better used as it was intended to help the people who were the essential workers and their families over this entire uh, pandemic period. Uh, many of them had to, maybe uh, one of their spouses, like so many other people had to do, they had to stop working so they could care for the kids, contribute to the homeschooling of the kids because the schools were shut down. Um, uh, how about the medical staff who had to go to work every day, knowing the risk, they had to get up every shift and go to work. Um, well, and how about the other companies that have either uh, suffered dramatically and, and lost massive portions of their business or been forced to close because they didn't have either the resources, they didn't have the ability to take customers, or they couldn't get employees because the employees were being paid not to work. And so Absolutely. now you have companies that have been shut. One of our suppliers at the range, for example, is did not survive COVID-19. And we've had to find another supplier for that product line. It's it's not something that this money was intended to just be spent willy nilly to try to get people vaccinated. That was not the objective. The objective was to try to deal with the problems that were caused by the lockdowns. And now that the lockdowns supposedly have been released and now in another three weeks or so, we will even be able to go mask free, assuming people uh, are are willing to allow that in their establishments 
And I, I view that kind of like the no gun sign on the door. If you have no government mandate that requires you to put a particular restriction on and you decide to put that restriction on yourself, then it's my choice as to whether or not to do business with you. And I've done quite a bit of business with Kroger and they have announced that they intend to keep their mask mandate up. So they may maybe determine whether or not they plan to enforce that. And I will find out because when I'll go, I won't be wearing a mask when it's no longer mandated. In fact, I rarely yeah. go anyway, but that's a different question. The unfortunate reality is there's going to be conflicts because uh, President Biden, interestingly, yesterday said, wear your mask, but we're not going to be enforcing it. We're not going to police mask wearing. But yet he said he's still going to allow the states and the local governmental bodies and individual businesses to do business as they think. Well, and the, the CDC, whole idea and the CDC police, said that from from a medical perspective, there's no need for people who are vaccinated well, that, to that, even wear masks. Point. That's the point I was going to make. If they're following the science, this is not the issue. And for those who aren't vaccinated, like anything else in life, it's a personal decision that they make. Now, the CDC not only came out with that statement, but they made it very clear. And it was reiterated in the presidential uh, uh, conference the other day that those who have been fully vaccinated are very unlikely to contract the virus and or almost non, no chance of spreading the virus. And in addition, they found out and uh, they, they've uh, reviewed several studies and they just admitted yesterday, even though this data has been available for many, many months and uh, many people have cited it, outdoor transmission of the disease is non-existent to the extent that they cannot cite a single case of transmission. Now, that's quite amazing when you consider what they've made people do relative to mask wearing and uh, um, social distancing. Uh, you think about concerts and stadiums and, and uh, outdoor venues. Uh, the city of Kettering, for example, months ago decided to already cancel their outdoor 4th of July um, event. Um, and now I wonder if they're going to scramble at the last minute. I hope so, because it's a great event. We all, uh, we've gone to it year in and year out. It was canceled last year, obviously, because of everything that was going on. But they canceled even before all the data was in, and there was no science to support doing it. So there's a lot of uh, inconsistency here, and we're just going to have to see how it plays out. And I agree with you, Mark. Um, there has to be consequences for businesses who cont continue to uh, put unreasonable restrictions on people. And in the particular case of the grocery stores or whatever, you know, they've been open throughout the entire um, entire time. If there was and a problem, you would think they would already know about it. There you go. That's my point. If there was a problem with transmission within grocery stores, um, they would have noted that and they would have made adjustments. They were fully open. And yes, there was mask wearing, but there's still a bunch of inconsistency in the information we're getting about mask wearing. But nonetheless, the bottom line is that's a personal choice that people should be able to make. But the bottom line here is that um, I would sure hope that our legislators are going to somehow intervene in this uh, scheme by the governor to use this money inappropriately and, and redirect it towards what it was intended to be used because you've got to believe in you and I know people, we know businesses who could greatly use that money to help revitalize them, to help give them a, a step up to help them toward the full recovery. We've and, been blessed uh, at, at SimTrainer in that we have been, from the very beginning of the governor's orders, have been not exempted exactly, but we have been put in this protected category that declared us an essential business. So even though we've been re operating on reduced hours and reduced numbers, we've still been able to operate throughout the pandemic with a, the exception of a few months right at the very beginning when there was so much uncertainty. But well, and supply chain issues. It, well, we have, yeah, there's that. Of course, with the the firearms and uh, ammunition and all that other stuff. 
yeah, from a from a financial perspective, we suffered significantly. And I'm not saying that I should be one of those entities because I, I think we struggled through to the point where we're, we're existing and hopefully we can move forward with a, with a good light here in the in the next year. So I'm not saying that we should be one of those entities. And that wasn't my point. Wait. But yeah, I understand. Yeah. And, and what I'm saying, though, is that this isn't this this whole uh, event has been very much uh, a pain that's been caused by the government, by the state government, by the governor and his direction and those people working for him on many people in the state of Ohio, companies and businesses who have done nothing wrong of their own, have prepared for all the kinds of emergencies they should be expected to be aware of and to prepare for. And then this comes down the road and you get a government mandate that puts you out of business. So the governor, instead of using the funds that were allocated to try to help some of these businesses recover, is going to use it in a $5 million lottery. I, I think yeah. that is something that if people don't at least consider contacting their own legislators, contacting the representative and the state senator and say, look, this is a problem. You need to make sure that this does not go through the way the governor has advertised it. Just as they have uh, put a put a bill in place and passed it and then uh, passed it again over the governor's veto that allows the legislator, the, the uh, General Assembly, by a concurrent resolution to nullify the governor's orders, there ought to be a way for the legislature to again do something about this and make sure that what is done is constitutional, that it's within the authority that is truly within the, the governor's authority, that it's not using this money in some way that is completely outside the scope of the of the way the, the funds were appropriated. And, and those kinds of um, reviews need to be done by the General Assembly and by the auditing to make sure that this is not just some wasted money. I mean, I'm sure there are five people who won't think it's wasted, but this is a ridiculous, especially yeah. given the fact that you're not talking about trying to incentivize new people to go get the vaccination, and which still, by the way, has not been approved for anything other than emergency use authorization. There's no general um, approval to use these vaccines except as an emergency. So some people say, oh, well, this is a big emergency. OK, well, fine. The emergency may be back in March of last year. It was right now. Yeah. I'm not sure, sure that you can constitute you can justify yeah. that this is really an emergency. So why are these why is the government pushing an experimental drug on the people to find out what it's going to do? Because that's what an experiment is. And keep it keep in mind we are part of the experiment right now the results of the the data that they're going to gather or should be gathering with the administration of vaccines and side effects and that sort of things we're the we're the test cases we're the people that have gotten the, the vaccine we're the test cases over the course of uh whatever time limit and periodic periods but again hasn't been approved but here the bottom line is um there are so many people common sense approach to this says take care of the people who suffered during this instead of rewarding and incentivizing people to go out and get the vaccine, which is a personal decision. But we're going to keep an eye on that. We think the best thing to do is to contact your legislators, let them know how you feel. Um, if you feel one way or the other, please visit our website at sim-trainer.com and hit our contact tab and you can send us an email and we'd be more than glad to respond to you personally. And if we think it's something that we could uh, bring up in a subsequent show, we would certainly do that because 
that's what this show's all about is getting input from our listening audience. And unfortunately, because we have to pre-record until they decide to open up, which maybe this last week's decision will help uh, um, WHIO and the, uh, the Cox Media to make a, a, a wise decision and let us get back in the studio and start doing shows so people can call in and voice their opinion instead of sending us an email and, and conversing that way. So hopefully that'll the, the, the lifting of the order will have some intended good along those lines. All right, so let's shift gear, gears, gears a little bit. And last week we talked about uh, um, Stephen Gutowski, uh, who is the author of The Reload, which is a uh, an organization that provides a, a weekly newsletter to people that are interested mostly in the firearms community, bringing you up to date on a lot of issues. And we were so grateful to have him on the show a couple of weeks ago. And we've been following many of his um, his writings over the last couple of weeks because he has some really good sources and insight as to what's going on at the NRA because for many, many months we hadn't heard much of anything. And then finally he came upon the scene with the information. Uh, if you want to review it, I believe it was two weeks ago. Am I correct in that, Mark? I think that's on what, our- yeah, I think that was it. And um, <clears throat> then and you can also go to thereload.com and read all of the articles that he's posted. And he posts on a regular basis. He has a weekly newsletter, but then he posts articles on the website routinely throughout the time uh, in between the newsletters. So there's a lot of good information out there. The big but, one this yeah. week, of course, being the decision by uh, the judge in the NRA bankruptcy case, which yeah. is to say that the case has been dismissed. Yeah, we're going to talk about that when we come back after our uh, our first break of the of the show, which we need to take here in a few seconds. But um, uh, suffice it to say that there are a lot of issues um, that are out there, and there's things that we just one of the main goals of the show is to uh, bring um, issues to the listening audience. So right after this break, we're going to come back and talk about many of these issues. You're listening to Shooting from the Hip on 1290 and 95.7 WHIO, Dayton's News and Talk. It's an Ask the Expert weekend on Dayton and Springfield's 24-hour news, weather, and traffic station. 1290 and 95.7 WHIO, Dayton's News and Talk. It's our Ask the Expert weekend on the Miami Valley radio station with breaking news, weather, and traffic. 1290 and 95.7 WHIO, Dayton's News and Talk. Welcome back to the show. And right before the break, I mentioned that we're going to talk a little bit about uh, the NRA case that uh, just last week the bankruptcy suit was dismissed, uh, meaning that um, the state that, that the case involved um, involving the state of New York against the NRA is going to proceed. And we know that there's probably some... Uh, some selfish motivations on behalf of the attorney general to try to get rid of or to greatly uh, uh, dent the NRA because they are the largest governing or a lobbying body in uh, in the country. And um, they're naturally the, the biggest organization supporting gun rights. Um, so it's, it's no secret that they're going to um, kind of um, enjoy at least the next couple of weeks while they're continuing to make their case. But Well, and the- attorney general Letitia James ran on the whole position of shutting down the NRA. So this is a very politically motivated legal action that she's taking. That doesn't mean to say that there isn't some justification and some legal backing for uh, some of the charges. In fact, based on what came out during the trial, there is a lot of dirt inside the NRA that was exposed by their own testimony. And there's a lot of people now who are getting a real eyeful of just what's going on underneath the covers in the NRA and are not happy about it. Well, and we knew this was happening years ago. And unfortunately, like many organizations that get corrupted by power and money and that sort of thing, um, things were being done behind the scenes of the membership. We are the NRA. 
And that's what people need to really realize. And even though we're going to go through some hard times, um, by their own claims, uh, some of the information they testified to in the hearing resulted in working against them and helping the judge make the decision that the bankruptcy was nothing more than a cloak for all the stuff, the nefarious things that were going on behind the scenes. And it was pretty obvious. Just Many to of try us to dodge that. prosecution. Absolutely. Um, um, basically, our leaders abused and neglected their their duties to run the organization in the best interests of the members. That's the bottom line. I, I would I would challenge anyone, anybody who has inside information, any board member to argue against that point because the information is out there. We would not be in the situation if the statement that I just made that many of our leaders abused and neglected their duties to run the organization in the best interests of us. If that's not the case, let us know that. Let us know why that's wrong. And we were waiting at the, the, the we wanted to at the Indianapolis uh, board meeting. We were hoping there were going to be some answers. And instead, all we were told is that certain people were going to be replaced and they're going to move forward with this and they're going to look into this and look into that. And we all knew uh, we're not stupid. We knew that that was the sign and those were the key words. Um, other organizations have gone through these sorts of struggles. Uh, probably the most noteworthy, and it was mentioned in uh uh, Stephen's article, uh, the Teamsters. You know, the Teamsters did a lot of good, but they also they also did a lot of bad. And uh, more close to home, I can tell you that our own police and fire board here in the state of Ohio, a couple of years ago, had some real tough growing pains to the extent that two of the, I believe, six uh, existing board members were voted out by newcomers because we, the membership, had had it with decisions that were being made, particularly relative to insurance and how our insurance was being managed. Um, for the retirees, both the pre-Medicare and the post-Medicare retirees, but other issues about how the money was being invested and things of that nature. So there was a change, and we're hoping that it moves in the right direction. The good, the good news is, in, in our organization, since we've undergone the change, there's been a lot more openness of information and disclosure of information relative to how things are being done. So anyway, when we come back after this next break, we'll talk about other issues. Well, I think you've made a really good point, though, and that is that when you aren't getting that kind of information coming out of an organization, that tells you there's something they're trying to hide. And I think that's what's been going on in the NRA. It's been very difficult to get any information out. There has been uh, board members have been shut down and told they are they've been forced to sign non-disclosure agreements and not say anything about it under all kinds of uh, potential penalties and so when you have that kind of situation going on and the organization does not want the members to know what's going in inside the organization that is a problem and and it's been a problem for some time and i think a lot of people have seen it i certainly saw it and i i've been done with wayne lapierre for a long time but he did have a lot of value that he brought to the organization and certainly did a lot in the fundraising world. So I understand why there are people who think he needs to stay. I understand now even more that this dirt has come out based on their own testimony as to why he needs to be gone and why some of the other leadership needs to be gone with him. All right, this is Mark Avery with Jeff Pedro for Shooting from the Hip on 1290 and 95.7 WHIO, Dayton's News and Talk. It's an Ask the Expert weekend on Dayton and Springfield's 24-hour news, weather, and traffic station, 1290 and 95.7 WHIO, Dayton's News and Talk. It's our Ask the Expert weekend on the Miami Valley radio station with breaking news, weather, and traffic, 1290 and 95.7 WHIO, Dayton's News and Talk. Welcome back to the show. 
And uh, remember, this is a pre-recorded broadcast. If you would like to make a comment, you can go to our website at sim-trainer.com. Hit the contact tab and send us an email, and we'll be more than glad to respond to you personally. Or we'll bring up the issue with the broader listening audience if it's something that everybody could benefit from. Um, for the last few minutes, we were talking about the situation at the NRA and the the, the problem that they're having right now. And uh, one of the issues, at least the goal of the New York Attorney General, is to basically break up the NRA and make it uh, go into non-existing status. But most of the commentators on the topic believe that that's not likely to happen. Instead, the more likely outcome, and at least from a professional standpoint, the hopeful outcome is that there will probably be some sort of oversight commission um, that will be assigned. I don't know who those individuals will consist of, but they'll basically be responsible for overseeing the reorganization and the shoring up of all the loose ends that are problematic in the organization at the at the um, present time. And I, as a member, um, I feel that uh, it's a, it's long overdue and it's time, even though we may go through some growing pains and difficult times and pe- the people who are we're hoping that the lawsuit went through. We're saying, well, you know, right now, the biggest attack on our rights is is underway. And we're just going to have to carry our own load right now. We're just not going to have the NRA um, in, in its full force doing that for us. And we as individuals and groups of individuals that support the Second Amendment are going to have to do it through other organizations like the Second Amendment Foundation and the Buckeye Farms Association and other organizations that you're affiliated with. And we're just going to help have to help. Uh, do our part. Which well, we I should be doing. Yeah, I think that's that's true. But there's there's an aspect that the NRA provides that none of these other organizations that you've mentioned really do. And that is the five million or so members of the NRA being able to be informed and to be uh, able to use as a hammer against things that Congress may be trying to do and the president may be trying to do that go against the right to keep and bear arms. And there's really no other organization that brings that. The the legal stuff, the the court challenges and so forth that the Se- Second Amendment Foundation does, and in some cases the NRA has tried to jump on the bandwagon and take credit for. Yeah, okay, the the NRA does have an, has a, has had a role in some of those, but those were primarily run by the Second Amendment Foundation, which that's what they do. They make court challenges on things where the Second Amendment has been threatened. And the Buckeye Firearms Association, of course, primarily focused on things going on in the state of Ohio. So those are also great organizations to support, but they don't have the five million membership and the national view that the NRA does. I think it's important for people to maintain their membership, even if it's nothing more than an associate membership, just so that those numbers stay up and that it, that those people within the NRA who are doing the things that they needed to be doing and still need to do have the extra hammer of the five million or so members. And in fact, it really ought to be more than that. Now, if you want to not make additional contributions to the NRA, uh, and I, I certainly can, I have not certainly made any recent uh, uh, updates to the NRA in terms of funding and they contact me from time to time, I think they may be getting a little bored of doing that now because I tell them, yeah, let me know when one Wayne LaPierre is no longer part of the organization and come back to me. You know, and I, I agree with what you're saying, Mark, and I think as an organization, they're important. But the bottom line is the next several months to a year to a couple of years, it's going to be tough because their credibility has been greatly softened. I agree that we should continue to support them. I agree that we should send funding to the organizations that we think are most appropriate, whether it's the NRA Institute for Le- um, uh, Legal Action or the um, uh, uh, the Second Amendment Foundation. 
we got to do things more individually because we know right now they're they're under the microscope and they may not be able to be as powerful an influence as they have been in the past. So we're going to have to get a hold of our uh, state representatives, our uh, uh, members of Congress, and we're going to have to constantly, as an individual basis, start doing many of the things. Not as powerful as the NRA as a a, a huge strong lobbying entity has done, but um, I think they're greatly weakened and uh, their credibility is is uh, is at issue at the present time. So if they were to assign an oversight, uh, one of the things I would hope is that they will reach out to uh, some of the previous board members who either resigned or were forced to resign, uh, who probably have factual um, foundational information and let them give full disclosure and put them back in a position where they can help the organization if they're willing to do so. Or we got to find people who are willing to do that on a state and regional basis because it's going to take some people really putting forth some serious effort. We got to, we, we have some pretty substantial coffers of money. Um, and if people continue to contribute, the money will be there to maintain the instructor programs, the training, um, uh, uh, the, the law file, the lawsuits, the lawyer fees, those sorts of things relative to doing the work for the membership. As far as doing the work for the people who are in question and are criminally being uh, sought or, or pursued in these I don't know what the obligation is of the NRA if individuals commit criminal acts, but I don't know that they're going to be using NRA money to pay for attorneys for individuals who are alleged to be have committed criminal acts. I don't know the legalities there. Not sure about that, and I sure hope that they're not going to waste a whole lot of money in that regard. Obviously, if they are required to put up some money for a legal defense, do so. But just like us, um, each of us involved in situations where we have to use our firearm in uh um, self-defense. We can't run to the NRA and have them cloak us. It's up to us to have insurance in place to take care of situations like that. So there's a lot of issues that have to be resolved, and we're hopeful that um, that's going to happen uh, as this case proceeds. And I think that uh, Stephen will stay on top of it. And um, uh, Mark, why don't you give our, our listeners the best way they can get involved with the reload and uh, uh, tell them how, how beneficial that is, that'll be, because I found some great information in the three weeks I've been affiliated. Right. And I mean, really, the best thing to do is just to go to thereload.com, T-H-E-R-E-L-O-A-D.com. And then you can sign up for the weekly newsletter. You can peruse the articles on the website. And if you're interested in some of his more in-depth analysis, uh, which he offers to the members of the reload, he's currently running a new member um, promotion that you get at 30% off. So it's uh, $7 a month instead of $10 a month. Or if you want to uh, subscribe for a full year, it's $70 for the year instead of $100 for the year. So you do, obviously, uh, with a year, you, there's two months you don't pay for. Uh, and I've found it to be very useful. And so if you want to go and, and he's, he's been doing this for a long time. The Reload is a new website. It's only been open a month or a little less. But uh, he's been a reporter. He was with the Washington Free Beacon for some years. And then before that, he's been doing other things in the gun industry as a reporter. So he has a lot of experience and he has a lot of contacts. He's contacted and talked to many of these individuals and reports the actual discussions that he has with them. So if you're looking for a, another good source for information about what's going on inside the gun industry, and of course, right now, this uh, NRA trial has been overwhelming pretty much everything else in the gun industry. Uh, yeah. That the reload website, the, the reload.com is a great place to find that information. But that individual in that publication, along with uh, the information we get, we're going to keep you up to date on how that proceeds. Now I'm going to change gears a little bit 
and I want to give you some good news. I mean, there's been a lot of bad news over the last few weeks, but over the last month, I was able to negotiate with a couple of uh, ammo manufacturers um, who were able to acquire some small pistol primers for them to make a pretty significant amount of ammunition at a much, much more affordable price. Now, the final price isn't there, but I can assure you it's going to be way closer to what you were used to paying than what you have been paying over the last year. Now, there's a caveat to that. You must be a member of the range, and we're only going to sell it to people who take our classes or people who come to the range and want to practice their shooting that particular day. Here's the example. You come in, you're a member of the range, you want to shoot. A lot of people, probably 75% of our members have held off from coming to the range because they can't afford or they refuse to pay $35 to $50 a box for ammo. Well, that's going to go away. But you must come to the range, and we're going to we're going to monitor this because I think out of fairness, we have to. If you want to come to the range and you want to shoot 50 rounds, you're going to be able to purchase a box of ammo at a very fair price and go out on the range and shoot it to maybe restore some of the skills that you had, and maybe waned in the, in the last several months when you haven't been able to get there. But the purpose of me entering into this pretty substantial investment is I want to bring the members back to the range, and give them a chance to practice in an affordable way that they were used to practicing before all this nonsense hit. Um, I don't know how long it's going to go for because I'm hopeful that there's going to be a lot of people come to the range and we could burn through thousands of rounds of ammunition in a short period of time. But no one is going to be able to come and carry five boxes of ammo out the door. Out of fairness to our members and the purpose of me doing this is to get people back to shooting. We're going to maintain that policy where if you come in and you want to shoot, you can come in, you can show your membership card, purchase a membership buy a box of ammo, go out and shoot that box of ammo. And again, we're going to monitor it because we hope we don't have to get too uh, closely uh, strict about it because we hope our members understand what the purpose is. But we want to give you a chance to come back to the range. Well, and a lot and, of people uh, have ammunition at home that they're just not using. So if you come to the range and you're going to shoot, then you can buy the ammunition at the range that's not too much more expensive than the stuff that you purchased before, but then you don't have to use that which you have for yeah. other uses and you can use somewhere else. So, I mean, the other alternative that we'd have is we'd be able to get this ammunition and we would sell it at current market price, which is 30, 40, $50 a box. And then, yeah. you know, we would it, that would obviously limit the amount of ammunition that was sold, but it defeats the purpose of what we're trying to do here, which is to get people right. back to shooting again. And we still have that ammo and I'm picking up some more of that ammo today. So if a person wants to come in and they wanna pay 35 to 40 dollars for two boxes of ammo and walk out they certainly can do that um that's going to be available but again it's all supply and demand and this was a special deal that i worked out with two reloaders who were able to obtain primers one of whom i had to pay a pretty high price for the primers but nonetheless it enabled me to get the primers to them so that they could um, make the ammo at a more affordable price. So, and what we're really talking about here are people who are remanufacturers. So we're not talking about yeah. somebody no. who's cranking them out in their the garage. They have all the professional equipment, no, no. all the all the quality control that's necessary to make sure this is done correctly. Yeah. These are people that we've done business with uh, extensively in the past, and um, they don't they're not mass producing ammo, so they don't want to get the information out there that the, there's an end to the shortage, and all of a sudden things are going to uh, all be. Uh, fine and dandy tomorrow. That's not the case. This is a special deal that I was able to negotiate with several organizations um, over the course of the last month, and it's it's come to fruition. And uh, matter of fact, I'm going to pick up 
some of that ammo today. It won't be available till next week, along with the other ammo that we've had at the range. We're still able to get that in fairly decent quantities, but again, that's at uh, $35 a, a box. So in addition to that, one of our members who's been a longtime member has followed on some unfortunate health-related issues, and he had a substantial supply of ammunition, which he is selling to the range, um, and in his uh, just a wonderful man that he is, he's selling it at the cost he bought it at, in some cases lower, because he wants to make a contribution. So we've already put a pretty significant quantity of that ammunition out for sale at a fair price, stuff you haven't been able to get get lately, like a 5.56223 ammo, 40 caliber ammo, um, in a few isolated cases for training only, 380. Um, he has plenty of 308, 769, or 76, wait, 76, 2 by 39. 39. Yeah. AK-47 stuff. Um, we have plenty of that. And if people are in need of quantities of that, I can get it. He has some 357 SIG and some bulk pack that's been reloaded. Um, uh, but we have quite a bit. And if you're interested in any of that ammo, and here's here's the real golden nugget. He also has almost every Glock pistol that's ever been made and a whole bunch of rifles. Um, if you go down the line, starting with the Glock 17 all the way up into the uh, the Glock 40, 44, he's uh, wanting to get rid of most of those. Um, and I don't want to be a broker in the sense that I got to run everything through my book. So if you're interested in purchasing some guns at reasonable prices, I'm just going to hook you two up. So all you have to do is send an email to the range, say, hey, I'd like to see some of the things he has. I'll talk with you or I'll send you a list of some of the things that he has. And uh, if you're interested, I'm just going to arrange for you two to get together and work out the deal so I don't have to be the middleman here because that can get to be very um, uh, time consuming and, and work intensive. So I'll work that out for you. So after the break, I'll tell you a little bit more detail about that and uh, we'll continue from there. You're listening to Shooting from the Hip. This is Mark Avery with Jeff Pedro on 1290 and 95.7 WHIO, Dayton's News and Talk. It's an Ask the Expert weekend on Dayton and Springfield's 24-hour news, weather, and traffic station. 1290 and 95.7 WHIO, Dayton's News and Talk. It's our Ask the Expert weekend on the Miami Valley radio station with breaking news, weather, and traffic. 1290 and 95.7 WHIO, Dayton's News and Talk. Welcome back to the show. We only have a few minutes left, so I want to just highlight a few more of the items I was talking about before uh, before the last break. i uh, got a, a member who's fallen under some, uh, some uh, medical hardships, and he doesn't want to be recognized over the, over the air, so I'm going to make reference if you want to see what he has and maybe make a deal for something he has. I'm going to just kind of refer the information on an individual basis. Just send me an email at the range and um, I will, I will let you know, but I want to run down a list of just some of the things he has. He has a uh, uh, FNPS 90. He has an FN 5.7 pistol. He has uh, a couple of high point rifles, one nine millimeter, one forty five, fully loaded with scopes on them. Um, he has a POF, 7.62 by 39 rifle with the scope on it, a couple of Smith & Wesson ARs. He has a, um, a Wasser 7.62 by 39 rifle, a, a number of other guns, including a Smith & Wesson shield with a holster. And again, he just needs to get out of the business. He's at the point he's, he's up in age in addition to having health issues, and he figures um, he doesn't want to leave this. He doesn't have um, any family local and he, he's just thinking it's time to start uh, cashing in on his investment. So um, I'm going to just help by way of uh, referring people that might be interested. So if you're interested 
in purchasing some firearms, especially now that things are a little bit hard to get. I'll be more than glad to to make arrangements for you guys to uh, to hook up. Speaking of purchasing firearms, as far as the national scene goes, I have noticed in recent weeks, as I reported last week, things are starting to open up a little bit. And by a little bit, I'm starting to see some more of the popular guns with a little bit more quantity um, around the country, not necessarily around the area. Um, there are some organ organizations, entities, one that many people have been transferring guns in the SIM trainer from is Palmetto State Armory. So if you're looking for a particular gun, I just looked at their site the other day and they have about 12 different variations of ARs that are currently in stock and about 15 different pistols, maybe 20 different pistols, a few Glocks, a, a few Smiths and things like that. Things that weren't readily available as recently as a couple months ago are starting to show up um, even more. So um, take the time to visit your local uh, retailer, see if there's something you want and uh, don't hold off. I'm just going to encourage you now some of you, I think, realized going into this pandemic, there were things you wanted or things you needed and you held off for whatever reason. And then you got caught kind of with your pants down last April. And then you're like, man, I really need that. or I really wanted this. And now I can't get it. And there's no hope of getting it. And here we are a year later and you're still kind of in that same situation where there's not a whole lot of hope of getting it. So if you see it, um, realize that most of the prices are slightly elevated. But most of these companies that are true to their customers, like Palmetto, like the local retailers, they're staying within an acceptable markup range and not gouging you for 40, 50, 60 percent markups on firearms. They're still in the 12 to 20 percent markup range. So they're very affordable and very consistent with they were pre-pandemic. So, um, again, I want to encourage you to jump at the opportunity once you have an opportunity to uh, to do that. We just started our advanced handgun one through five series. Last night we started handgun one and because it filled up so quickly, there's a second series that's already posted on the website beginning in July for July and August sequence. So if you want to get into handgun one through five, register early, take advantage of the training pass plus where you get all five classes plus a one year membership or extension to your existing membership for $500. So it's basically a free one year membership. So take advantage of that if you're interested and, uh, um, and come down and see us at the range. We're out of time for today. Thanks very much for being with us. This is Mark Avery with Jeff Pedro for Shooting from the Hip on 1290 and 95.7 WHIO, Dayton's News and Talk. It's an Ask the Expert weekend on Dayton and Springfield's 24-hour news, weather, and traffic station, 1290 and 95.7 WHIO, Dayton's News and Talk.